Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I am your host, Albert Hardy. Today I want to talk about you, and I want to talk about you in the kingdom of God and the Great Tribulation. I saw a YouTube video which bothers me just a little bit. There's a guy out there teaching that the Great Tribulation was the Holocaust, where all the Jews were herded up and executed by the millions by Hitler. And uh, he's saying that that was the Great Tribulation. I'm here to say no. Why? Well, let's take a look at Acts 2 and see what it says. Uh, Let's see. Let's start in... uh, Verse 14, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd. And I'm reading from the NLT, which I really like. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see here was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Quote, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out of my spirit, even or pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke or clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the Holocaust, there was none of that. The sky didn't become dark. The sun didn't go dark. The moon did not turn blood red before that great and notable day of the Lord arrives. Well, we're in the end times now, seems to me. But back in 1945, and in that era, that area, where the Jews were being slaughtered by the millions, there was no, um, none of that. There was no clouds of smoke, you know. And how is that going to happen anyway? Well, we've covered that several times, but it, it bears repeating here, and I just wanted to show you this scripture and prove that that was not the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is going to be a time like in John 9 and verse 4, where Jesus himself says this. This is um, during the time when Jesus was preaching. But let's see, uh, let's start in verse 3. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened to him so the power of God could be seen in him. This is when he um, 
healed a man that was born blind. That never had happened before. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. And this is Jesus referring to the Father. The, and get this, the night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, what did he mean by that? Ask your pastor. What did he mean by saying, the night is coming when no man can work? Well, it's just what we read in Acts 2. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Now, that was a quote from um, Joel 2. Let's just flip over there and read it. Verse 1, Joel 2. Sound the alarm in Jerusalem. Raise the battle cry on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Wow. Scary. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains... A great and mighty army appears, and nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again after this. In other words, fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden, but behind them is nothing but desolation. Not not one uh, thing escapes. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. You've ever seen horses gallop? It leaves a cloud of dust behind. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of sweeping fire that sweeps across the field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves exactly in the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city walls and run along its walls. And they enter into houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. In verse 11, he's showing us that the Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. (laughs) We've heard that before, haven't we, Joel? Uh, and uh, Acts and all over the place. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can survive? Well, I'm going to stop there. But we do have a problem because people are teaching that this blood moon thing is what he's talking about right here in Joel 2. I'm saying no. No, no, no. It's not a blood-red, blood moon. It looks slightly orange, but big deal. 
To me, that is not what he's talking about here. It is not what it's talking about. It says the sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. That has not happened yet, my friends. And why will it happen? Well, we go back to the thirty-fourth chapter of Isaiah, and uh, my listeners have heard this before. And I'm just going to hit the highlights here. Let the world and everything in it hear my word, says the Lord. For the Lord is enraged against the nations, his fury is against all their armies, and he will completely destroy them, dooming them to slaughter. Can you imagine if every soldier on earth was dead? What would happen? Be a lot of burying to do, that's for sure. But their dead, verse 3, will be left unburied, and the stench of their rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heavens above will melt away, that is, disappear. Oh, well, that's what he says next, and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. When you roll a scroll up, you can't read the words anymore. They're gone. Those words are like stars. The stars will fall from the sky like withered uh, leaves from a grapevine or shriveled figs from a fig tree. And when my sword is finished its work, or has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall on Edom. Edom, as you know, is Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Jordan, Turkey, uh, Yemen, Oman, uh, the United Arab Emirates, all of that whole region. And... There won't be anybody left. I mean, here's what he says. The sword of the Lord is drenched. Well, wait. It'll fall up upon Edom. The rest of that verse says, The nation I have marked for destruction. Islam. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats and rams. He is prepared a sacrifice. Yes, The Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra, and he will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even young men, strong as wild oxen, will die. Young men alongside veterans. The land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. Wow. The, and then get this, verse 9, and this is Isaiah 34. The streams of Edom will be turned or filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. Reminds you of the Gulf War earlier. But that's just a foretaste of what's coming, folks. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. That's going to be one vast desert. It will be haunted by the desert owl 
and the screech owl, the great owl, and the raven. For God will carefully measure that land, and He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be called the land of nothing, and its nobles will soon be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces, nettles and thistles will grow in its forts. The ruins will become a haunt for jackals and a home for the owls. Desert animals will、uh, mingle there with hyenas, and their howls will fill the night. Wild goats will bleat at one another among the ruins, and the night creatures. Excuse me. The night creatures will come there to rest. In verse sixteen, he says, "Search the book of the Lord and see what He will do." Not one of these birds or animals that he's mentioning here will be missing, and none will lack a mate. For the Lord has promised this; His Spirit will make it all come true. He has surveyed and divided the land and deeded it over to those creatures. And they will possess it forever, from generation to generation. But the hope is restored in chapter thirty-five. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days after the return of Christ. The first part is dis-、um, describing what happens with the great tribulation. The sun and the moon are going to grow dark. Why? Because of the smoke in, mentioned in verse nine. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. Now, burning pitch is oil. It's oil. After the hydrogen molecule has evaporated out, you get this gooey black tar. And that stuff will burn for a long, 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 long time. And as the Earth turns, it's going to fill the atmosphere with the black smoke. In fact, it'll burn so hot. And this is a prediction made by me, so it's not a, a Bible prediction. But it does seem to make some sense. That that、uh, fire will burn so hot, and I'm talking about Mecca and Medina and、um, just all the major producers of oil in the area. It's all there. It's all there, except for the what comes in at Israel. That is not going to be included, I don't believe, in in this mess. But those fires burn so hot it'll be millions of degrees. Can you imagine that? Well, it's going to take the sand around the initial blast hole and let it melt. I mean, cause it to melt. What we don't realize, we don't do our homework as Americans. We don't. We don't think first of all, and then we don't、uh, research. Well, I've done some of that. And realize that some of the land is already covered with ponds full of oil. Ponds full of oil, yeah. Well, some of it, most of the places 
It's very shallow. The sand is only like 25 feet to 100 feet deep. A nuclear blast would easily blow that away and expose this vast reservoir of underground oil. And it would set it on fire. If you can imagine the heat generated by Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, and the little boy、uh, atom bomb that fell there, well, it takes that size of a bomb to make ignition on a hydrogen bomb. Did you hear that? It, it takes that much force just to make ignition on a hydrogen bomb. And then the killing radius is estimated between three and a half and 350 miles for one hydrogen bomb. Oh man, that is scary stuff. Well, the oil will burn for a long, long time. And each one of those bombs, when they nuke it out in that area, and they will, according to the Bible. Um, it's going to leave a lot of those fires and, and columns of smoke we read of in Joel 2 and Acts 2. Then, as the world turns and spins around and around once a day, what happens to that smoke? Well, it fills the atmosphere. Why? Because At millions of degrees, it fuses the particles of unburnt hydrocarbon or burnt hydrocarbon to the molecules of the air itself. So we're going to have black air that's toxic and radioactive, deadly if you breathe that stuff. And it's going to spread around the world a little bit darker and darker and darker every single day. Now, what does that have to do with the kingdom of God and you? Just this God is the only one who is coming to rescue mankind and save his life. It's time for the church to wake up and get over this idea that we're going to、uh, be raptured out of here without going through persecution, trial, or trouble. No, no, no. How can we overcome that way? We're not overcoming anything. We've got to be overcomers in order to be prepared for our place in the kingdom of God. I know it's not easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus to go through the cross either. But he did it for us, he did it to pave the way for us to be there. And it is a great future. He is coming to rule and reign in his kingdom on the ground. We're not going to heaven when we die. Jesus himself said that. Where did he say that? Well, we'll, we'll skip over、uh, to John chapter 3, not verse 16, but verse 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, And John, John 3. This is when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, who came to visit by night because he was a Jewish teacher and he didn't want to be seen. Jesus in verse 10 says this You are a respected Jewish teacher, 
and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you don't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Verse 13, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. In other words, he himself, he's, stand, he's, he's sitting right there with Nicodemus. The Son of Man has come down from heaven to be there. And Moses, as Moses lifted up this, the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. If you recall, uh, when Moses lifted up this brass snake on a pole, anybody that got bit by a rattler or some other poisonous snake would be saved alive. If they didn't see that pole, they didn't make it. That's just the way it was. That's the way God set it up. And this was an example for us. We need to look to Jesus and believe on him, and then we'll have eternal life, that is, permanent life. We don't have that yet. We're not permanent beings. We don't have a soul that goes somewhere while our body disintegrates in the grave. No, we're asleep. We go to sleep. Oh, well, you believe in soul sleep. No, you are a soul. You don't have a soul. You are one. You're a person. That's all that means. You don't have an immortal soul. So we need to teach the truth in order to prepare ourselves for the kingdom of God. And that's what all this is about. That's what our lives are about here and now. That's what we should be about and are about. Now for the next few minutes, I want to read from Matthew, or, uh, Matthew Revelation 22. Verse 1, Then the angel showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. He is here on the earth where water flows. You notice that. And it's clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street, and this is talking about the New Jerusalem, uh, referred to in chapter 21, uh, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a shout, a loud shout, from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Now, doesn't that sound great? 
Man, oh man, that sounds wonderful. That's chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through five, uh, 4. And you can read the rest. It's very encouraging. But I want to get back to uh, chapter 22 here. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. <laughs> wow, that would be neat. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. It's here, folks, on the earth. It is, after all, a piece of heaven, is it not? Are we not part of the universe? Yes, we most certainly are, indeed. This is where all the problems are, and this is where they will be worked out by Jesus himself. Once that's done, then the heavens where righteousness will uh, dwell will be brought to life. That's my opinion. But God is directing this and orchestrating this whole thing, and it's beautiful. And they will see his face. (laughs) Can you imagine seeing the face of God? Every day and not dying, no human can do that. They will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. We will be spirit beings, will be converted into spirit form at that time. And there will be no night there, verse 5, no need for lamps or the sun, for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Unquote. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what Jesus was saying over and over and over again when he talked about the kingdom of God. Okay, so in verse 7 he says, Look, and this is Jesus talking, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Wow. And I, John, am one, the one, who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am but a servant like you, a servant of God like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship God only. Amen. We, Christians, should worship God only and trust what God says in his word. Verse 10, chapter 22, Revelation. Then he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue, excuse me, continue to be holy. He said, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, 
that is, make themselves righteous, they will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit of the tree of life. That's what I want to do. Outside the city are the dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who live and love a lie, or all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, let Anyone who hears this say, Come, come, Lord Jesus. Let anyone who desires to drink freely of the water of life do it. And I solemnly declare to anyone who hears the words of this uh, of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds thereto, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words, he will remove that person's share from the tree of life. So don't try to modify the words of God. I tried real hard not to do that, but to put it together and add it up like an arithmetic problem. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. If you want to go to my website, there's no advertisements on it. It's all free. You can read my books. You can print them. You can download them. You can see the videos that are there and the audios. Everything is there to try to help build faith in you. So until next time, go to itellwhy.com or jesusiswhy.com. Have a great day.